0: Hello, hello. It's good to see you all. Thanks for joining me again on our Wednesday Bible study at Summit Church. You know, on Sunday, we remember 21 years since our nation was attacked on 9-11 and many, many lives were lost. In this past week, the Queen of England passed away after serving her country for over 70 years. You know, there's many times when a whole nation mourns and also times when individual Uh, individuals mourn and grieve for the loss of a beloved family member. You know, it's easier for a country to grieve as a whole and recover than it is for an individual to grieve the loss of a beloved family member. The loss of a family member is a much greater scar and a much greater loss. So today I'm going to give you some thoughts on grief. Um, The New Spirit Life Bible describes grief as a deep and poignant distress due to bereavement. A deep and poignant distress due to bereavement, which means bereavement means the loss or the losing of someone through death. Grief is extremely is an extremely difficult thing to experience, to live with, and to go through. You know, every single person uh, experiences grief in a different way. And every culture and every family deal with grief differently. When I was younger, when I was a child, when someone died, there were two days of what they call visitation or awake at a funeral home. And then the following day, there was a service when the procession to the cemetery and the burial occurred. Everyone wore suits and dresses and most people dressed in black to express their sorrow. Many times now, the visitation is done for a couple hours and then there's a funeral and a burial or cremation happens before any of that happens. So um, over the years, it's the, the uh, period of mourning, the grieving process, the, the funeral, the visitation has all been kind of slimmed down. Earlier in our country, the wake was done at home. Where the mourners would watch over their deceased family members until they were buried. There were accepted norms for mourning and grieving a loved one. You know, black was to be worn, and it was understood that the person was in a period of mourning, a period of mourning. Uh, for a husband or wife losing your husband or wife, uh, the period of mourning was for one to two years. Although for some widows, it lasted their entire life. And this period of mourning included wearing black for that whole time. Um, In the past, for a parent or grandparent, the mourning period was six months to a year. For brothers and sisters, for six to eight months, the person would wear black and be in mourning. For uncles and aunts, three to six months. And for uh, children and other relatives, there were all different kinds of standard periods of time that people would mourn, um, that they would be in grief, that they would be wearing black. And the men wore black uh, head, headbands on their hats or uh, uh, armbands on their arms. You know, at that time, grief was much more accepted and understood, and people understood that it takes time to grieve. <clears throat> it was understood that grief was a long process, that a person who was grieving needed time and space to deal with their loss. Now, in our culture, people are expected to breeze through grief. If a close relative dies, like a husband or a child or a parent, most people are allowed three days off work. Some may be five. If they have already had to take days off because the deceased one was ill or injured in some way, their time off may be even more limited because they've already had too many paid days off. Um, And during that time, in that three to five days, the person is supposed to deal with that loss. They're supposed to make detailed funeral arrangements, burial plans, pick a funeral home, a minister, songs, flowers, a casket, a cemetery, burial clothes, a headstone. They're supposed to supply food at the funeral home and after the burial. They're supposed to figure out how to pay for the astronomical cost of it when they might not have the money or they might not have access to the deceased person's uh, bank accounts or life insurance. Then they have to communicate with the funeral, the funeral arrangements to everyone that possibly could have ever known the deceased person. Then they have to come up with all kinds of photos, videos, memorabilia to, d- to display at the visitation then the person has to deal with all of the things that people say at a time of loss, which do not help. Like it's going to get better or God needed, you know, another angel in heaven or, you know, they wouldn't come back here if they could. Um, at least you'll get to see them someday. All the while this is happening there, you know, the, the person that has experienced the loss is in a great deal of shock and experiencing one of the most difficult things that they have in life to deal with. And they're responsible for all these things and have three to five days to do it all. Then after that, they have to obtain a death certificate, deal with banks, the safety deposit box, the post office, credit card companies, utilities, phone companies, social security, the deceased deceased person's work or school or pension fund, the person's house and their belongings. Did they have a will? Did they not have a will? Did they have a trust? Did they not have a trust? Their pets, their yard, and they have to do with family members who often get their feelings hurt or get offended. And sometimes there's even power struggle struggles over the uh, deceased person's belongings. And as I said before, they have three to five days to do this. Um, and then in three to five days or sooner, they have to return to work or school. And that's uh, not recognizing a person's uh, need to grieve. If a person has the help of the Holy Spirit and are, you know, just a rush of coping hormones that our body supplies flooding through their system to help through those first days, they often then crash at the same time that they have to return to school or work. So it's a very, very, very uh, difficult thing. We have to understand that in our society, there is little time left to grieve in a healthy way. There's not the time allowed to experience the suffering of loss. This makes the grieving process much more difficult and less accepted in our society. In our society, if a widow or a widower wore black for over a year, or a year, people would say or think that that person was not adjusting well needs some mental help, or is stuck in the past, when that kind of thing was just normal, say, a 100 years ago. So I hope you can see that we're not really giving people a decent chance at grieving. If we are grieving the loss of a loved one, we need to love ourselves enough to celebrate that person's life and mourn their loss and the effect that loss has had on us. That doesn't happen a week or a month Or even in a year. That feeling of loss and loneliness can last a lifetime. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, Queen Elizabeth, who just recently passed away, was quoted as saying, grief is the price we pay for love. And your grief just shows how much that person meant to you and how much they were loved and how much they were needed in your life. John Eldridge said, grief is a form of validation. It says the wound mattered. So it matters that you're suffering loss. It matters. Billy Graham said, When we grieve over someone who has died in Christ, we are sorrowing not for them, but for ourselves. Our grief isn't a sign of weak faith, but of great love. So if you're struggling with grief, a lot of times it just meant that you love that person so much. When a death occurs, many times people struggle with the question, Why did God let that happen? The best thing I can tell you is that we live in a fallen world full of accidents, sin, disease, poor decisions, violence, and weather calamities. And this this wasn't God's plan for mankind or for this earth, but a result of man sinning. Uh, God made that clear in John 10.10 10, when Jesus said, The thief, who is Satan, comes only to steal and kill and destroy I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus was bringing life and Satan was bringing death and destruction. In our grief, uh, we can turn to God to help us. You know, God wants to help us so much. One of the names that describes the ministry of the Holy Spirit is Comforter. The Holy Spirit is there to comfort you, to comfort me, to comfort us when we're grieving, when we're mourning. In Second Corinthians uh, one verse three in the NIV it says, "Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of Compassion, and the God of all Comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles. God is there to comfort you, that's part of His ministry to you, and when we're in in deep distress when we're grieving and we need comfort, the Lord is there to help us in isaiah sixty one one in the New American Standard Bible. This is a foretelling or or, uh, a prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. And when you have lost someone, your heart is absolutely crushed and broken. And the Lord Jesus Christ is there to help you and to bind up those wounds. And in Luke uh, 4, 18, in the King James Version, uh, Jesus is speaking himself, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. One of the reasons that Jesus came to this earth was to heal you in your grief and your broken heart. Uh, one of the best illustrations of grief and dealing with it can be found in uh, Psalm 42. The psalmist is dealing with sorrow and grief. He wants things to be the way they used to be when he was happy in better times. He's also feeling a loss of closeness with God. We can see that this is an ongoing struggle uh, with highs and lows, as is the nature of grief. So I'm going to read parts of that to you. Psalm 42, this is out of the New Living Translation. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go stand and stand before him? Day and night, I have only tears for food while my enemies continually taunt me saying, where is this God of yours? And that's how people grieving often feel in their mind. There's thoughts running through their mind. Where's God at? Where is God at? If God loved you, this wouldn't have happened. Why did God let this happen? And uh, we thirst and we long for God to fill those, those empty spaces. Verse four, my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. And that's so often when we're grieving, we think about the old days when, when that person was still alive and they helped fill up our lives. And now they're not there. And we think about how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sounds of a great celebration. Uh, Verse five, why am I discouraged and why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my savior and my God. And that's kind of the ups and ups and downs of grief. Some moments we feel like God's abandoned us and then we just, you know, we kind of slap ourselves a little bit and we say, I'm going to put my hope and my trust in the Lord because he cares for me and he wants to heal my wounds. Verse six, now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Uh, verse eight, but each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me and through each night I sing his songs praying to God who gives me life. Oh my rock, oh God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief? And that's just such a such a good picture of how we feel in grief. You know, one moment we're up, one moment we're down, some moments we're overwhelmed, some moments we see no hope. And verse 11, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. And that's the way, it like I said, that's the way it is with grief. Ups and downs, wondering about God, asking God for help and allowing him to help you. And, um, you know, when we're, we're, when we're at rock bottom, we just need to look up to the Lord and our Savior. And we have to understand that um, feeling at rock bottom is part of going through grief and it will get better. I've heard it said that grief is like an ocean with its waves coming in and out, oftentimes washing over you and overwhelming you, and like you can't even breathe, and then receding it gets a little better, and then another wave comes in and does the same thing. But the hurt will ease with time, and the loss, uh, we feel, will be less acute over time. It's good to pray and find your help in God and his word. And find help and strength with your friends and family and your church family. And, you know, sometimes if if you're really struggling, it's really good to find a support group where you can express how you feel. And you can express it over and over and over again with, with these people who've experienced the same same thing. And they'll be able to have uh, more compassion and more understanding and empathy because they they're going through it and they understand how you feel. And they'll listen to you and, and encourage you. Besides the Bible, I have a few suggestions of books that are helpful, and I'll put them in the description below. And I just encourage you to read them and the Bible and to pray um, and to give yourself time and to breathe and to um, just remember that person that you lost and and take time to really celebrate them. And as a reminder, Queen, Queen Elizabeth, you know, said grief is the price we pay for love. And when we love someone deeply, we grieve deeply, and uh, we just ask for the Holy Spirit to help us through those times and to help us celebrate and remember the wonderful life that was part of our life and that blessed us so much. Well, I hope this has helped you and encouraged you, and I just encourage you, if, if you know someone who's grieving and having uh, you know, a great deal of loss in their life, just to share this with them, and maybe it will help and encourage them. Well, until next week, God bless you, and um, I encourage you to turn your life to Jesus. He will help you so much, and he can change your life.